Hello, and welcome everyone to another exciting edition of Pacific City Zeroes, uh, in May, done in the Sentinel Comics RPG system. Uh, my name is Harry, and I will be DMing for this particular adventure, uh, starting uh, other players that will be joining us are... Hi, my name is Chris, and I will be playing the role of Brian the Beyonder. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm going to be playing the role of Quintess. Hi, I'm John, and I will be playing First Responder. All right. So, um, before we sort of get into uh, the action proper, I'm just going to sort of set the scene a little bit. Uh, it is another, it is almost the end of another day in Pacific City. The sun has not begun to dip below the horizon, but it's getting there, causing a nice sort of uh, reddish orangey hue over the city and casting sort of warm shadows all over the place. Uh, I'm going to ask, what is everyone, like, what is, like, the characters' routines getting into this sort of thing? Like, you know, it's the end of the day. What are you guys getting up to? Well, I know that Brian, at this point, like, um, basically the kids are kind of doing their own thing, so he's actually ha uh, spending some quiet time with his wife, just talking about their days and stuff and just uh, relaxing out on the patio outside their house. Ah, very suburban of you. Oh, yes, exactly. It's all yeah. about the little things. Uh, Cortez is definitely in her uh, underground, uh, well, subway, uh, blocked off subway, old substation, reading books, doing research. Okay. Trying and, to uh, figure out what the fuck is happening to her body. Yeah. In very fair. Uh, and what about first responder? Um, I mean... Uh, given the time of day, he's probably watching the evening news in a recliner. All right. He's an old man. Uh, and oh. for first responder, since you're sort of new to the whole thing, whereabouts does first responder live, approximately? Like, in an apartment building? Is he in the suburbs? Um, he lives in an, in an uh, apartment building, probably, um, closer to the suburbs than to, like, downtown, um... So, like, close-ish, but not quite right beside Brian the Beyonder's neighborhood. Yeah, closer to Brian than probably anybody else. Okay. So, um, does, what's First Responder's, uh, like, uh, non-superhero name? Just so that I can refer to them as something other than just, like, you know, their superhero identity. Uh, his name is Norbert Burt Robinson. Alright, Burt. So, uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the end of the day, so you've sort of sat down in your recliner to watch the evening news, and uh, you've got the windows open, because it's, you know, it's around the, the tail end of summer, so it's starting to get pretty hot outside. Uh, and as you're settling in, you suddenly hear just this, like, cacophonous racket coming from the alley behind your apartment. Uh, does he have a window that kind of faces that area? You do, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna go and take a look. Okay, so you see a man in a suit, like, sprinting, trying to run down the alley, like, as what you can probably assume is, like, as fast as he can. But, like, there's a bunch of trash in the alley, there's a lot of stuff that isn't collected, and he keeps, like, looking behind him as if he's trying to, like, check if something's there, and as such, he keeps running into stuff and, like, knocking over trash cans, tripping over garbage... And, like, but well, the thing is that you notice is that, like, he's breathing super heavily. Um, and you've, you're, you've been a medic before, and you've seen people, like, very clearly in distress. And you can kind of tell that this guy is not having a good time. Like, whatever he's running from is get him running scared. Uh, he's going to keep an eye on the guy, but not, like, 
quite intervene yet because he doesn't he doesn't know exactly what's going on. But if this guy like trips into something, and knocks himself out, he'll he'll go and help him. But yeah. So uh, as you're saying that, actually, like it looks like he's about to like round the corner. But there's just one last dumpster that's like stretching off, uh, like that's sort of like rolled off of the wall a little bit. And as he's running, you see that he clips it really hard, and Ooh. he goes down. Like, and you can hear him like, "Oh, fuck!" Ah, and but you can see that he's like trying to struggle back to his feet, but he's not getting up anytime soon. All right, so uh, so Bert's gonna go down to the uh, go down to the alleyway. Um, All right. So he's down in the alleyway now. Uh, because, uh, did Bert you take is... the like the fire escape, or did you just like zoom down real quick? Uh, I, I think he he took the stairs down. Okay. It, it's honestly faster for him to run than to fall at this point. That's fair, yeah. So you get down there uh, before he's like the guy that's running even manages to get up off the ground, and you can see that he's like still struggling to get to his feet, but it's very obvious that like that that hit to his torso is still like keeping him down. Like he's very much winded. You can hear actually that like, he's got this really labored breathing, like more so than a person that's been running constantly would have. Like, it's almost like he's having like trouble just getting air into his lungs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, can I make some sort of check to, to see how, how he's doing? All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, roll me an overcome check for uh, medicine. Alright, so, uh, awareness plus medicine plus my, uh, d8. Um, hold on, let me check to see if any if any of my principles actually matter here. Um, uh, no, I don't think they, they do. Uh, okay. so that's going to be a four. Okay, uh, so that is a success with a minor twist. So, again, your experience as a medic tells you that based on the pattern of the breathing, uh, this almost sounds like he has, like, a collapsed lung, which is strange. Like, he hit the edge of the dumpster pretty hard, but there's no way he could have hit it, like, hard enough to, like, puncture his, like, torso that much. Joke's on you. It's Paper Bones Man. (laughs) Uh, as you get a little bit closer, however, you do manage to notice, like, and as he's still, like, you manage to, like, I'm assuming you, like, roll him on to, like, you check to make sure that he doesn't have anything broken, and you roll him onto his stomach to try and see, like, what might be causing it. Yep. Uh, so as you do, uh, the guy's still, like, still trying to get away, but it's very obvious that he's, like, not having it. And as you look, you see that, uh, he's wearing, like, a, a suit jacket, like, a, a, basically a standard three-piece suit without a tie. And you see on his shirt, there's this large tear that sort of starts right about where you'd say the bottom of the rib cage goes and sort of travels up towards his, like, almost to his collarbone before it stops. And looking underneath it, you see, like, a, a deep, deep purple scar. Like, it, like, indicates that this is an old wound, but it's, like, very fresh somehow in a way you're not entirely sure of. So you're so caught up looking at this scar and trying to figure it out that you don't even notice that the guy finally manages to get his bearings and, like, scrambles to his feet and keeps running. All right, well, um, I- I'm just going to keep pace with him. Okay. <laughs> and say, Power hey. walking. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy keeps running. Uh, you see him, like, jump into, uh, like, a nearby subway stop. And he, like, starts flying down the stairs. Like, is that thing still behind me? 
fuck! And you can, like, you can really see it now. Uh, this guy is terrified out of his mind. Like, pupils are super dilated. Like, you can see the whites of his eyes. Like, this guy is absolutely running scared. Okay. Um, well, I am going to... Um... Uh, okay, so, uh... So, Bert is going to use a, a trick, um... That he he picked up, uh, from... You know, wor work in the front lines. Um, as, a, as an EMT. As a super EMT. Ah, yes, of course. Um, yeah, so he is going to use the ability I am going to quickly rename, um, his, his ability called, um... Uh, I'm just going to call it shock therapy. Okay. Uh, which is a, um, where he like uses his, uh, electricity powers, uh, to simulate certain ner nerve groups to basically boost, uh, someone's system, but he can, he can also use it to like, give him a Charlie nerve. horse. Yeah. Well, yeah, but mostly at, at the twenties, like this guy is clearly running from something. It's, Maybe, you know, just give him a little bit of a boost, get his body, like, running a little bit better, redirect some energies or whatever. Um, so that's going to be uh, electricity plus medicine plus status die. All right. Uh, and that's going to boost for four. Um, and also, uh, since I rolled doubles, I can attack using my mid die on anything. Is Do I actually see anything chasing him? Nah, like, you didn't see anything when he was running through the alley. You didn't see anything running behind him. Like, you don't see anything, actually. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll just, I, I will decline the use of that that extra attack. Okay. Um, uh, so you basically give him a little boost. Yeah, well, it's basically he, he uh, like, goes around, like, moves quickly and, like, applies a small shock to certain areas uh, of his body. Basically, basically stuff like get him, get him like, Breathing a little bit better, like stimulate, uh, you know. All right, so, uh, so you, yeah, so you start stimulating the diaphragm. Uh, you start stimulating, like you know, uh, fibers connecting to the legs for the muscles and stuff like that. You notice that as you're doing this, you're also feeling the effects. Like you start breathing a little deeper. Yeah, you know, like that. Like there's less ache in your legs from like using your abilities after such a long time. Like you're starting to feel pretty good as well. And, uh, like, the guy still just keeps running. He runs up to the platform, sees that, like, uh, like, there's no train coming, and there's no train at the stop, and, uh, like, just starts fucking, like, clearly trying to, like, justify, like, okay, uh, do I, uh, what if the train comes? If I, if I jump down, like, maybe I can run, uh, run over to the, uh, something? I, like, it, it's clear that this guy is in some sort of form of shock. And uh, I'm going to say, Quintess, uh, in your um, sort of, like, abandoned subway hubbyhole, uh, you start to hear, like, noise coming from one of the nearby platforms. It sounds like someone's having a really bad time. Oh, uh, Quintess takes off her uh, reading glasses, <laughs> which are not good, which are actually kind of like those binocular ones. It's like two loops. <laughs> yeah. Her eyes, are, her eyes, she has 20-20 vision for some reason, even though she didn't have it before she got the suit attached to her, so. Um, <clears throat> uh, she gets up from her book um, and uh, walks outside. Oh, man, I, I hope they see the signs. 
might maybe I'll need to scare them. And then yeah. she like you see she opens up her her uh, uh, costume chest and puts <laughs> on a it puts on a rubber Halloween mask. <laughs> um, and then walks and then begins walking towards the sound. Okay, so yeah, um, so Bert, uh, this guy is clearly what like now that you've gotten a bit of a better look at him and you've given him that boost, uh, you can see that like. The running wasn't, like, he's still having that breathing problem. It's a bit more mitigated now. But you know that this is, like, telltale signs of someone in shock. Like, he is going to run, this person is going to run out of adrenaline, like, soon. And when that happens, he is probably going to collapse with the way how hard he's been pushing himself. And possibly right. die. Yeah. All right. So, so, so uh, at this point, we're just going to actually stand in front of him. Okay. And say, look... You're clearly in some sort of trouble, but uh, I don't think taking a dive onto the third rail is going to solve anything. <laughs> you don't know, man. You you didn't see that thing, but it... Fuck! And, like, you can see that he, like, paws at the area where that wound is, and, like, clearly he's checking if something's, like, as if he's, like, seeing that it's still there, and when he realizes it is, that, like, wave of panic comes over him again. Uh, so, Quintess... Uh, you step out, uh, you've managed to make it to the platform, uh, you see, John, describe, uh, what Bert looks like, or what First Responder looks like, I should say. Uh, well, he's not in costume, because he, he was, like, you know, originally yeah. was just, like, oh, well, I'll just, like, give this guy a quick once-over. So he is wearing a, uh, blue-collared shirt, um, uh, khaki pants that are, not, no, khaki shorts that are just too high. Just, just... <laughs> The fucking but, nerd. No, he's just, an old oh. man. Yeah, no, he has old man shorts. Wait, how They're, old is this guy? Uh, pretty old. He 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 was uh, active he, during the Directorious reign. So, ooh, so sixties, maybe like early seventies. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. No, he is an old man. Uh, I specifically uh, picked the retired uh, background for him. Neat. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's, uh, it's, but yeah, no, so, so uh, yeah, and um, he is uh, balding. What little hair he has left is gray. He he looks surprisingly fit for his age, though. Uh, huh. But in like that kind of wiry like sprinter's build. Totally, yeah. He's a lean, mean machine. The guy looks like he's maintained cardio his entire life. Yeah, it's uh, almost like he knows how to take care of himself. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, and, and what else? Uh, and uh, you look over to the other guy who is just like, you can clearly see is panicking beyond measure. And you realize, wait a fucking minute. That's Vinny. Wait. Vindictive? Wait, wait. Yes. And this is surprising because you've seen him fight like eldritch beings from beyond time and space. You've seen him fight Marino's made men. You've seen him fight, uh, like, literal necromantic cultists. And not and once did he ever, like, get beyond a level of, like, mildly annoyed to, okay, this shit's getting a little heavy. Like, but this is completely different. This is Vinny, like, scared out of his mind. Uh, okay, uh, Quintess. Shit, serious. Forgetting for a moment that she has a rubber mask on, walks up. Oh, hey, Vinny, how's it going? Uh, Vinny <laughs> turns around, and for a minute, he's even more scared before he sees, like, the hazmat suit, clues in who it is, and you can see the relief just 
fall onto his face and he goes, Oh my god, Quintess! Oh, thank god! And he runs up and hugs you. Oh, oh no, I, oh no, 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 please, please, no, no, no. Oh, she, thank god! Is he going to try to push him off? Like, yeah, no, he's, he's not giving up that easily, but he's like, he is very obvious, like, super visibly relieved to see you. Oh, thank god. No touching, oh, no touching, so... no touching. Oh, no oh touching. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Oh, it's just... Oh, thank God! I there's like a oh. visible like there's like a visible as he as he unattaches as the yeah. like black tendrils had begin had begun like reaching out and like touching his his clothes. Yeah, and uh, at this he kind of like puts his hands on. He's like, oh thank, oh thank God, oh Jesus, so... and he faints. Oh, okay. I just need to say something. Uh, Vinny being scared of something that's serious, but Vinny like actually being. You know, hugging uh, someone. <laughs> Show it. Um, we need. Uh, I feel like we need to call the Seaside Sentries. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll see. Uh, so yeah. Uh, he has. So Vinny has fainted. Uh, and you are standing on a subway platform with this uh, old man. Um, Bert. Uh, Bert. What does Bert see actually? Before we continue, Joey. Well, yeah. Oh, what sorry. kind of Halloween? Oh, mask sorry. For a second, I, for a second, I thought you were asking John. Uh, no, yeah, what, but what, what does Bert, Bert what, see here? What Bert sees is a person wearing what looks like maybe the cross between a hazmat suit and an astronaut outfit, um, uh, and uh, wearing clearly wearing like a Halloween mask that of like a, the Grim Reaper. So they have like a hooded skeleton look <laughs> going on. But you can also oh my see, god! But you can also see their neck under the mask. So it's like mask, human neck, and then weird hazmat suit. Um, also, if you look real close, you can see that there's holes in the suit that are like where where you assume tubes or something would be. And there's like a little bit of black, like looks like ichor leaking out of them. And then Quintess looks over and says, "Uh, um, be be gone from this place." <laughs> uh, you got in a like little a very unimpressive and not very spooky way. Uh huh. You uh, you know you're leaking there, right? Oh, sorry, sorry. She puts her hand over it, and then you see. Well, you you can't see it, but she closes her eyes and then, like tenses her body, and then the black goo kind of like pulls back in. Whew. Um, oh, did you? And she takes a step over Vinny's class body, and then gets into like what you approximate. She assumes the fighting stances. Uh, did did you hurt my friend? No, I I saw him nearly collapse outside my apartment building. I was coming to. I was trying to check on him. He seems to be hurt. He seems to somehow have a scar that matches his clothing, which is very, very strange because uh, even if he just kept putting on the same suit every day, it shouldn't line up so perfectly like that. Quintess looks down at the... Oh, that is odd. Yeah, and especially for you, Quintess, considering that you've seen what Vinny can do, that's very odd. Well, I'm, I'm sure it'll heal up in just a second. And she, goes, she crouches down and looks at it. It's uh... not healing. And in fact, um, both Bert and Quintessa say, now that he's kind of collapsed on the ground, you notice that there's like a weird, uneven pattern in his shirt. Like, the left side of his body, the you can see the, the shirt clearly resting on like his chest, but on the right side of the body, it looks like it's almost like fallen in. Uh... Yeah, at this point, Bert is going to start administering first aid. All right, so uh, checking what what the what the deal is with this guy. All right, uh, so you check out and you reach down to look at the wound, and that's when you realize 
this man is missing half of his ribcage. Like, it's just gone. Ah. Uh. And you realize, looking at the scar going up his body, that it stops right where you'd guess, like, one of the, the top ribs is. And feeling for that, you can feel that that rib is still there. But everything below it on the, I think I said the right side, uh, is just, like, not there. His chest has collapsed inward. That's very, very odd. He you seems to be li missing the right half of his chest. Oh, that's not normal. I mean, it's not its not normal <laughs> he would still be missing it. He would have had it back by now. Ah, <laughs> uh, one, of, one of them uh, super healers. All right, well. I don't think he has a secret identity, but maybe don't tell anyone? What? Wait, but his name's Vin Vinny, so maybe that is... I, I don't know much about him. I'm not a very good friend. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, uh... But yeah, so other than the missing ribcage, however, he seems to be perfectly fine. Like, you know, his heart rate's through the roof, but it's, like, coming down slowly. His breathing's starting to normalize, like, with Does the exception he have, of... like, a lung under there, or is it missing yeah, too? No, you can see the lung. You can, uh, like, if you really push on it... I guess you would see his can... floppy chest kind of, like, expanding and depressing, wouldn't it? Yeah, and, like, if you push it, like, if you push on it a little bit, you can actually, like, see the outline of the heart beating, and Ooh. you realize that's probably not good, so you stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Vert is, is, is mentally trying to figure out if there's a way to make, like, a chest splint. <laughs> uh, so you put, a you put a balloon in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're thinking, unfortunately, not with, like, the tools that you have here. You'd need, like, a, a surgical theater to really implement that. Uh, I uh, will say, Quintess, um, you immediately realize that this is some spooky magic shit. You might want to bring in the experts. I will, Quintess will pull out her cell phone uh -huh. realize, and begin texting and realize she has no service down here and uh, look down uh, and realize, all right, I got to go outside. All right. You, you see her, she begins breathing harder and then she, she closes her eyes and tenses her arms. She's like, and you see her body start to become well, Bert, if, if you're paying attention, her body starts to like become slightly translucent um, and then she disappears from view and then she's going to Quintess is going to walk up to the uh, uh, to above ground temporarily, uh, type on her phone to Brian the Beyond and say, uh, need help at my place Vinny is hurt magic? Oh. question mark so, Brian, you are sitting on this, yeah. uh, the deck, enjoying uh, a nice, relaxing evening, mm -hmm. and then your phone buzzes. So, uh, yeah, my wife and I, like, we had just gone in for a kiss as well, and we are like, a couple inches away from each other when the telltale <laughs> goes off. And, oh, <clears throat> and I just, uh, I'm sorry, honey, one moment. And I just take the phone and I look and, <laughs> Um, yeah, I quickly, um, yeah, I'm gonna call you, actually, uh, Quintess. Uh, alright, well, if anyone is nearby, Quintess, as she is trying to hold her invisibility together, mm. um, they, they, she they starts being up, and then you just, Quintess, you, no one can see, but Quintess is stressing out, because she doesn't want to take a phone call while she's invisible, so she runs into to an alleyway behind a dumpster, and then crouches down, and then answers the phone. Mm. Quintess, what is going on right <laughs> now? Um, uh, somebody stole half of Vinny's ribcage? I think it was like an evil magic thing? 
All right. Well, I mean, you can just wait for him to grow it back. He seems but, to be but good he, at but that. He's not, but he's not growing it back. Uh, I, I, oh. I, can't, I can't really touch him. Uh, there's a, like a paramedic guy here, and he... I don't know what he's doing, but he seems okay. Huh, this seems... Well, rather uh, unusual indeed. Um, I, Yeah, I just look back at the patio and my wife, and then back to the phone, and I'm just... All right, I'll be there in a few minutes. And so, yeah, I yeah, quickly hang up and, honey, I know that uh, this is normally our, you know, private one-on-one -on -one time, given that it's the evening and everything, but uh, a friend of mine is in serious trouble from the sounds of things. Your wife is kind of, your wife has, like, come to acknowledge these sort of things. And on the one half, she is kind of, like, you can see that she's kind of annoyed. But on the other half, these sort of things are usually, like, universe-ending catastrophes. So it's just, yeah. like, make sure, like, it's just, so she kind of goes, like, ah, well, okay. Just be quick about it, would you? Right. While I'm out, is there anything you would like me to pick up at the store? Um, what's Brian and your wife's drink of choice? Ooh, um... I would say, uh, homemade margaritas. All right, so she holds up the empty bottle of margarita mix and okay. just sort of, like, waves it back and forth. All right, one bottle of margarita mix! I shall be back as soon as possible! And so, yeah, I, uh, teleport over to, uh, Quintessa's subway station. Okay. So, yeah, Brian the Beyonder, uh, winks into existence. Do you wink into existence by Quintess or by, uh, like, in the subway station proper? in the subway station proper because that's where I think Quintess is. Okay, so you teleport in. Yeah. Uh, uh, you Bert. see Bert, uh, who I'm assuming has basically put Vinny into a sort of recovery position and is just kind of monitoring stuff at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. Bert, you see a blueberry-flavored Doctor Strange appear in the tunnel. Ah. And yeah, I look at you and I look down and I see Vinny and, oh my goodness! And uh, yeah, I'm going to hurry over and I begin um, uh, immediately trying to examine Vinny. Okay. Um, yeah, so you looking at the scar, you can detect that this is in fact magical. Uh -huh. Something has done something to him, but you'll need to roll an overcome if you want to know Ooh. more. Right, okay, yep. I've got a principle for this exact purpose. Uh, so, uh, principle of magic, I guess. So, okay. all right. Uh, yeah. As Brian is, is doing his mystical thing, Quintess uh, suddenly apparates beside him. <gasps> oh, Quintess, I see what you mean. This is truly some serious business here. Give yeah. me one moment. And I'm going to... Uh, yes, this is magical lore as well as, mm-hmm, okay. All right, so this is going to be a 2d10 and a d8. Okay, roll off. So, Uh-huh. All right, my max die for this is a 7. All right, uh, so that is success with a minor twist. Uh -huh. So... The thing about magic is that a lot of it kind of springs from cosmic, like cosmic magic. Right. It ebbs and flows into worlds, some more than others, and it can take various forms for different people depending on like how they view it, how they use it, that sort of thing. Right. So you can kind of so you start going through the various like cosmic energy derivatives you've basically like seen. Like, is it emotion magic? Is it like you know something like related to uh, like worship or something? 
And that's when you begin to realize that this magic is tainted somehow. Like, it's cosmic energy, but it seems to have been, like, altered in some way you're not entirely familiar with. Okay. And in fact, as you stare at it, you kind of get this feeling that it's sentient. Like, it's like the, the residue of the magic around it is watching you, looking at you. It knows where you are. I immediately pull back. <laughs> and yeah, what? with it, that sudden feeling goes away. But yeah, you can't help but get the feeling that something you just stared into an abyss and the abyss looked back. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, like Brian's used to this kind of stuff, so he's not as shaken as somebody else might be. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I look up at Quintess. This is very serious indeed. Whatever it is that has affected our friend Vindictive, ugh, it is malevolent, possibly even sentient, and I think it knows where we are. Uh, Quintess, like, looks down at herself and, like, like puts puts her hand on her, in, in, like, she sticks her hand into one of the holes in her suit, and you see her close her eyes, and then begin to, like, vibrating, and then open her eyes. Okay, it's not me. It's definitely not me. <laughs> All right. But... I can't say for certain what it is that is affecting Vindictive, but it is very clear that either- At this, you kind of see, like, uh, Vindictive start to, like, stir, and he slowly, like, oh, Christ, I- Vindictive! Oh, God. Oh, Brian. And he looks over, and it looks like he's about to say something, but he looks and sees the, like, legitimate concern on your face, and he says, Yeah. Uh, you give me a once-over? Yes, and it looks very poor indeed. I can see something pulsing in your chest. Uh, yeah, I can feel it. Ah, oh, Christ. Um, it wasn't me. Just so I you know, know. I, I know it wasn't you. I know what it is, but fuck. And he, like, you can see him trying to like. It's it, it didn't follow me here, did it? Um, I'm not sure. But what is going on? You'll need to explain yourself. Okay, okay. So, and he kind of like sets himself up on a bench. And he's like, he's still breathing, and it's fairly obvious that it's labor breathing, because, you know, half his chest has collapsed. Ugh. Uh, uh, he basically says, so, you know that side hustle I got with the vampires? Yes? So, after I was finishing up my rounds for the day, and uh, one of them came up to me and said that uh, he's an antiques collector of some sort. Basically said that one of his vassals had said something about getting a rare book for him, and then all of a sudden the guy dropped off the map. He said he wanted me to go around, make sure that he wasn't trying to, like, you know, double dip him on the sale or screw him over. I told him that wasn't my particular area of expertise, and then he threw $5,000 at me, so I, I guess it became my area of expertise. Oh. So I go around to the guy's place, and it looks like he hasn't been there for weeks, right? Like, mail's piled up outside the door. I, I find his apartment. I, like, knock. Nobody answers. Try the door handle. It's unlocked. So I, you know, I go in, I basically say, hey, I'm, I'm from your, your master, I'm just checking in on you. And, god, that place fucking reeked. It smelled like like meat that had gone bad. I, I thought it must have just been that he was storing shit for him, but I, I don't know. Well, I took a look around the place, and and that's when I saw him. This, this big guy, must have been like seven feet tall. Uh, I didn't fucking recognize him at all, but all I know is I asked him about the book, and Suddenly, he got really fucking defensive. Started coming towards me, so, uh, you know, I, I tried to make a quick getaway out a window. And that's when his... His fingers extended outward and 
grabbed into my ribs like this? Next thing I know, I, he pulls him back, I feel something come out of me, and I stumble out the window, missing half my fucking chest. Uh, and the only thing I hear afterwards is him from the upper window shouting about how it's so tasty. I, I fucking ran, man. And it I, hasn't healed back in that time. No, it hasn't. If, the longer I've been doing, the more I'm worried about it. I, I don't think that thing's finished with me. Oh, uh... Where is this address that you went to? Uh, uh, it's... it's fucking... Uh, and he, he lists off an address. Uh, can I roll... I'm gonna try to roll Cosmic Mythos. Okay. Uh, what, uh, what are you trying to glean from this roll? Just so that I, uh, have a way of where it was going. Uh, does this remind me of anything I, I heard, what, during my time in the... Working, uh, the Institute, work, yeah. Yeah, working in the... working as a... Uh, low-level uh, member of the Supernatural Institute. Okay, yeah, uh, that, roll off. My mid-die is a four. Okay, so success with the minor twist. You weren't exactly privy to a lot of information at uh, the Institute, but uh, you do remember that occasionally they would talk about, like, artifacts. Basically objects that held some sort of, like, preternatural power. Or supernatural power, I guess I should say. And you remember them talking a lot about a library of some sort. Not in, like, the sense of, like, a public library, but, like, a, a private library that apparently is, like, they were constantly looking for books from this library. But, like, you couldn't really follow the conversation. You think you might have heard a name drop, but you're not sure. Like, uh, but you do, but you, if you knew, if you heard the name, you could probably recognize it. Uh, uh it's on the tip of my tongue. She's just, like, tapping out her forehead. I can't remember what the... Was it was it Lightenoff? <laughs> and that rings a bell. Oh yeah yeah. What do, what do I remember? Um, you remember that these were books that the institute was very interested in acquiring. Uh, mostly because they had a nasty tendency of um, affecting the readers in some way. But it seemed like the effect varied from book to book. Um, I think we might be dealing with uh, well, at least a class. Maybe a class three or two, even. Um, oh. What, sorry. Uh, I mean, uh, by layman's, it would be like, like a curse or something. I think. Horrible. Uh, Great. As if I isn't cursed enough. Um. Yeah. It's. It, it's. Well. Um. I. The book is probably the source. I mean, not unsurprising, but yeah. I don't. Um. Maybe we should try to go deal with it. I mean, I yeah. guess. Yeah. And that's when you all turn around and you see a large figure cloaked in what looks like uh, like a, a jacket, like a, a long coat jacket that is somehow too big and yet too small for them at the same time with their face obscured by like a very large, like wide brimmed hat. And you don't know when it showed up or how it even got in here without any of you hearing it. Like it's a subway station, shit echoes a lot. And Vincent takes one look at that thing and fucking blanches. And he goes, FUCK! Is this what had attacked you before? The thing extends its arm out towards it, and you can immediately see that something's very wrong with it. The um... arm doesn't, like, lift. It kind of unfurls as if it has too many joints. And it points yeah. a long finger at Vinny and just says, Give. Oh, this is... Oh, I don't... 
Oh, I don't want it to. Oh, okay. <laughs> and with that, um, uh, Quintess, you see her like face tense up, and you can see a vein popping in her forehead. Um, and uh, black tendrils begin to leak out of her, and like adopt an almost like uh, Doctor Octopus style like configuration um, mm -hmm. as she readies, <laughs> as she says, um, "I, are, are you cursed?" We can help you. It just repeats the command. Give me him. And it steps forward. And you notice that as it steps forward, like, you know how when people walk with like a long, like long, like of a dress or anything like that, like you can usually see the outline of the knees pushing up against the fabric. Oh, it's just like sliding. Like No, there's too many knees. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. I don't like too many. I, I, you should have only. You know what? Controversial opinion. People should only have a certain <laughs> amount of knees. I'll die on that hill. All right. Uh, so uh, the scene tracker is started. Uh, it is going to pass to Quintess. Okay. Uh, Quintess is going to say, "Look, just give up, and we we can help you." Um, and she's going to put her hands down and do that thing she does where she sticks her hands into the... So bl the black ichor leaks off her body and creates a pool around her and she sticks her arms into it. Okay. Um, and the black ichor uh, then proceeds to appear below the thing and start to restrain it. She's going to use um, uh, void hold. Let's see. And that is a what type of action? Attack? It's a hinder? It's a hinder. Okay. Cause uh, those. That is a uh, persistent minus one, uh, persistent and exclusive minus one. Okay. Minus one P slash E. All right. And who are you passing to? Uh, I'll pass to um, first responder. And Cortez is going to look to him and say, um, you should probably go. And he, he's just going to crack his neck. It's like, uh, ain't the worst thing I've ever seen. Ain't even the first thing with that many knees I've ever seen. <laughs> Oof. I've uh, seen a lot of knees. I've seen true horror. I've had to pull something out of someone, you know, the yeah, wrong that's, way. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> the opposite way. Look, how, how many knees does a spider have? True. Fair. Technically how many knees zero, does a giant mutant How many knees does a giant mutant spider have? Ah, that's true, yeah. Fair, but I'm not depends sure. Depends how many knee pads they're wearing, actually. Hmm. And I'm not sure that a mutant spider had all of those knees in a single leg. Yeah. But it had mad. Look, knees are knees. Yeah. yeah. Knees are knees. Um. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to use uh my I'm going to use first do some harm uh, okay. to attack with speed and close combat. And my status die, so that's D12, oh, I like, D12, I like, D8. The, I like that ability name. <laughs> Sorry, what was it again? I didn't hear it. Uh, uh, first, do some harm. <laughs> very oh, nice. That's good. That's a good one, John. All right, so, uh, sorry, what was the uh, the ability? So what are you doing, John? Um, so I, I am going to uh, punch him with, uh, and then I get to defend with my mid, mid die. Okay, so my mid die was a four, so I'm going to deal four damage to it. Okay. And then I uh, defend myself for one. All right. So uh, it is going to use a reaction called adjust formatting. Uh, when attacked, 
Defend by rolling your single canvas of flesh die. Also boost yourself with the result of that die. Fun. Uh, so it rolled an eight. So as you you run up to basically punch it, because you figure, ah, you've, you've dealt with punks like this before. And as you throw a punch, uh, the, like, arm that you're attempting to throw it into suddenly morphs, and there is a mouth made of rib cages that, like, reaches forward and almost takes your hand off. But luckily, thanks to your advanced speed, you're able to pull it back uh, just enough. But while you're busy trying to dodge that, he swings his this arm into you and sort of knocks you and sort of sends you a bit teetering. So, um, so you're not hurt, but you are knocked off balance and you suddenly realize this thing isn't exactly as, you know, not maybe the worst, it's maybe not the worst thing you've encountered, but it's starting to creep up there. And uh, a plus eight is a plus four boost, I think? Um, no, I believe that's only a plus three boost. Plus three, yeah, plus three. Okay. Uh, and who are you, uh, passing to? Um, I guess I will pass to Brian the Beyond, or is, is Vindictive active in the scene currently? Yes, he is a, he is a full active participant, similar to how Epimethea was in the, uh, Mad Chemist fight. Okay, um, yeah, so I'll pass to Brian and then we'll, we can pass to the horrible monster. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. So, as for myself, I am realizing that this thing is, you know, the biggest danger in the scene right now. So, I am just going to use one of my simpler techniques on it, and I'm going to use uh, Arms of Enoch to use telekinesis on this and see how it responds to, you know, magical forces affecting it. Okay. So, with this, I'm going to roll for uh, telekinesis. So, this is... 2d10 and a d8 and my mid die for this is a six so i deal six points or sorry no i attack using telekinesis and i use my max die so my max for this is an eight okay uh so that is and that's just a straight attack right yep no other bells or whistles okay so you slam into this thing with telekinesis and it seems like it's uh it's doing some damage uh you also look like you've now got its attention it seemed to be focused on Vinny. Now, however, it looks at you and it says a single word. Tasty. And yeah, I'm just going to narrow my eyes and, you know, ready myself in a spell spellcaster's combat stance with, Well, get ready because there's a lot more of where that came from. And right. so with that, I am going to pass to Vinny. Okay. Uh, so Vinny is scared out of his mind, but he's... He's feeling a bit better now that he's got um, some buddies with him. And uh, he is just going to attempt to be like, get this f God, fuck this thing! And, um... Uh, how does he how does he comically injure himself? Uh, Vinny basically, like, throws himself up against a wall and is going to use the You Feel Me ability, where he attacks using Vindictive Aura, and he's going to use his max die. So that is... Uh, Vindictive Aura, a D8, a D, um, D8, a D12, and a D6. Okay. No, it's not. Oh, but he does have that bonus from, uh, from First Responder, so he actually does 10 damage. So, Brian sort of slams this thing up against the wall, and, um, like, and then Vinny Pratt falls into the wall, sort of further driving it in. And, uh, yeah, it's looking like things are going, well, a lot better than you'd initially anticipated. Um, 
And then Vinny is going to pass to the environment. Uh, so the environment goes. Hey, guess what just arrived at the station? Uh, That's right. It's the train. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I was just confused because my... Oh so, oh, so what it is is that the station I'm at is behind, like, a gate. And it's, like, because mine is abandoned. Oh, so yours so, is, like, the end of the line. So mine's the end of the line, but what I assume that the situation we're in is that mine it goes off to the left of this station, and so I walked all the way up to this station, and the one we're in is active. Yeah, because the okay. the sound travels through the tube pretty much. Yeah, that one, and that's what, like you were saying, it 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 traveled all the way down to the, and it for people consider even though nobody went back there, there are a bunch of signs saying like hazardous material, and they're like. They're they're all completely different, but and, yeah. and and some of them are conflicting. But it's like radioactive material, unsafe work condition, um, we're in 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 construction, like being fixed right now. Like there's just a million signs to try to get people to not show up, and it looks like some of them have been ripped off of like out of the, out of the street. Yeah. There's so like, there's wet floor signs. <laughs> Uh, so the environment is going to create a challenge uh, called Lost in the Crowd as a large group of, as like, not exactly, this isn't exactly rush hour, but like a, uh, a group of people gets off of the train station and um, like, there's not a lot of damage going on. So nobody's particularly like, so they come off and it's more like, oh, what's like, what the hell is going on? Like they see the blue guy and Vinny and maybe some other stuff, but at the moment, nobody's quite there. But there's now a large crowd in the station, and unless somebody does something to, like, disperse them or get them out of there, uh, things might go bad for them, considering have, what this thing is. I have an overcome that could really help us with this, so... Well, uh, good news, it's the Bone Thief's turn. Oh, boy. So uh, I don't like that name. <laughs> no, you're not going to like what it does next. Ha, joke's on him. I don't even know if I have bones anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me see what it's going to do. Um, yeah, okay. So it is going to use uh, New Revision, where it is going to uh, boost itself using its Alter Binding ability with the max die, attack with its min die, and defend with, uh, attack with its mid die, and defend with its min die. So, Alter Binding is a D8. Uh, this is Bone Work, so this is Close Combat. And this is... He has no weaknesses so far, and so it's a D... Or I should, probably shouldn't have said that out loud, but... D12. Remember, he has a persistent minus one to everything. Yes, he does. So, the minus one is going to apply... He's going to apply the minus one to his... Um, his boost... So he gains a six, which I believe is a plus two. Yep. Uh, and then he is going to apply his the boost he had from the previous one uh, to his attack, uh, his first attack. So that becomes six damage. As uh, Brian, you see this thing kind of gallop towards you faster than you thought it would. And suddenly its fingers extend outward and like shove into your, like, almost shove into your body. He misses you by inches, but he manages to, like, severely cut a deep wound into one of your arms. <laughs> and you realize, oh, Jesus, this thing's fast. Yup. And uh, it also has an intrinsic ability of many limbs, which, when you take an action that lets you make an attack, also make an attack using your mid-die. 
Uh, so he is going to... So as this is happening, another arm shoots out of the back of his coat uh -huh. and, like, extends outward and grabs onto Vinny again. And Vinny just fucking starts screaming to high heaven. Uh-huh. And he's going to take three damage, and then he defends himself for two. And uh, the crowd has gone wild, as it were. People are screaming. Uh, they don't know what the hell is going on, and now it is creating a problem for everybody. So, uh, the Bone Thief, since that's the start of a new round, the Bone Thief is going to pass back to the environment, uh, and the environment is going to apply a hinder. As it turns out, a bunch of people panicking and running around is makes it kind of hard to, uh, you know, basically deal with this thing. That is a, a D8, a D8, and a D10. Okay, uh, so everyone gets hindered for a minus one if you care about uh, civilian casualties. I think everybody here does. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Bone Thief, he's, uh, Bone Thief might not. Every, everyone on our team. Yes. I can't speak for him. Uh, and the environment is going to pass back to the Bone Thief. Uh, so the Bone Thief is going to use, um, oh yes, and it attacked two people, so it gets a, I haven't dealt damage yet in this scene, so that was, uh, six, so that's, so, uh, I should mention that he also has another act, uh, uh, another ability, uh, Sample Manuscript, on the Bone Thief's turn, whenever it attacks a target that it hasn't dealt damage to yet in this scene, it also can boost itself to its max die. So it gains another plus two uh, bonuses for the attack against Quintess and the attack against Vinny, respectively. And now it is the Bone Thief's turn. So it is going to... Um, mm, yeah, it's going to use Correcting Errors. So it's going to uh, boost itself using Malice and use its Max plus Min die and then removes all penalties on itself. So boost... That is mouse, so that's a D8. Uh, this is probably D8 and uh, D12. Okay, um, that is a extremely high max plus min dice. All right, uh, well, that's like a 20, so he's going to boost himself for plus four, but that did use up all of his original bonuses. And uh, so what happens, Quintess, is that you can kind of feel like the void energy pulling on this thing, and then all of a sudden, you feel like a similar, like, I don't want to say vibe, but it's a very similar vibe coming off of it. And it starts to absorb that energy into it. Like, you can see it's very trying to concentrate to do this, but you can see that the void energy is, like, dissipating and pulling itself away from it, trying not to be stolen. The cords snap as stuff's put in. You feel that, like, energy you used come back into you, and your body shudders a little bit. Hmm. Uh, uh, that is the Bone Thief's turn, and now it is going to pass to uh, First Responder. Or no, sorry, it's going to pass to Quintess. Alright, uh, so Quintess is going to pull the Void back off of it. Um, essentially, she was feeding Void into it, um, and now she's just... She's gonna. She, she focuses for a second, and you see that the Void that is entering it begins to, like, shudder. Um, she's essentially just, like, mentally told it to hin continue hindering. But she's going to pull it back, and she pulls her arms out of the pool. Um, and she's going to boost herself. Cause Ness. That is a 
What's a five? Is that is a five a plus two or a plus one? Uh, that is a plus two, I believe. All right, so she has a persistent plus two bonus, uh, but if she uses that bonus on an attack, the attack has the cosmic, is a, a cosmic attack. As she pulls her arms out into two, like, uh, almost imperceptibly black, um, like, spikes, um, that if you were to look closely, you would see, like, small tendrils, like, ebbing and flowing off of them, like, uh, waves almost. All right. Um, and yeah, she, uh, essentially has armed herself. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to say that based on your previous role of the knowledge of the Institute and the fact that the Void has now caressed this being, you get the feeling that maybe that book is still doing this to them. And as such, if you can find it and, like, attack it directly somehow, maybe it might, you know, weaken it somehow. Okay. And, uh, all right, who are you passing to? Uh, oh, uh, and sorry, the environment goes, the scene tracker ticks up. So the, so Quintess is going to, um, look and say, uh, turn to the rest of the group and say, um, well, usually with a class, with this level of, uh, class, or curse, um, you'll, you'll want to find the source. Um, it's got to have it on it. So if you could find it and destroy it, I, I think this thing might, well, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it'll, it'll deal with it. And I'll pass to Brian the Beyonder. Okay. All right. So uh, as for myself, uh, these people that are panicking in this station, you know, we need to get them out of here. So I'm going to use an overcome check uh, with principle of order to overcome a challenge where I can organize other people. So... I am going to be using telepathy to speak to everybody during all of this and try to get them to stay calm and get out of the station as quickly and as orderly as possible. All right. So you're doing like the telepathic broadcast of like, this is an emergency. Yep. So my max die for this is an eight. So essentially I am going to reach out to everybody who isn't involved in the fight with my telepathy and... Stay calm, everyone! If you would proceed to the exit in an orderly and organized fashion, we shall ensure that you come to no harm! Alright, well, uh, eight is, uh, just success across the board, so yeah. yeah. Uh, so most people basically wanting to go get away from this thing and also, like, heeding the words of, well, somebody that clearly is in charge of the situation. Yep. Uh, start basically like filing out, and for the most part, you've kind of cleared out the area. Uh, unfortunately, there are some people that are like hanging back just a bit too close for your comfort to like take videos because they think uh, this is really cool. And yeah, I just see all of this and oh, for crying out loud, why do people need to take out their cell phones in the case of every single emergency? Why is no one just living in the moment? Mm -hmm. Or like Brian the Boomer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. And uh, Brian, who are you passing to? Uh, would it be possible to uh, pass to the enemies on this? Or have they already gone for this round? They they have gone for this round, yes. Yeah, okay. So, so your, I'm gonna uh, pass... your options are first responder or vindictive. Um, I'm going to pass to first responder. All right. Okay. Hmm. So, Bert, you see this thing's got some moves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have anything that gives me better overcomes. Um, does anybody need a boost for anything? I'm just checking to see what Vincent's... I mean, I would take one. Are. 
because I uh, otherwise I think I'll, I'll I, I can throw a hinder on the uh, um, the um... yeah because if nobody actually needs a, a boost then all right throw down all right um okay so max die is a eight so that's a minus three hinder on him okay uh, and uh what sort of hinder is this uh it's the same it's basically using shock therapy but like specifically like targeting muscles to make him like spasm okay you know whatever muscles this thing actually has if any well, the good news is, uh, you do manage to run up, and you basically bait him into doing that, uh, that spring trap thing again. Uh, noting that there's a little bit of fleshy tissue where the, the rib cages sort of stick out. So you quickly jab your hand into it and shock it, and, uh, yeah, there's still some meat on these bones as it kind of contorts a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't roll double, so I don't get to attack as well, so, uh, but All that's, right. that's it, my, that's my turn. Okay. Uh, so that is... Uh, and I guess you pass to Vindictive, John. Uh, yeah. If okay. Vindictive is the only person who hasn't gone yet, then... Alright, so Vindictive is still currently being grappled by this thing. Uh, he's not exactly doing so hot. So again, uh, he just tries to, like, force himself onto one of the bony things that's not trying to steal his other, like, one of the, uh, like, sharp outcroppings that this thing's grabbing him with that's not currently trying to suck out his bones. And he just starts hammering, like, pretty much anything that he can get to it on there to once again inflict, uh, uh, you feel me on it. So he's going to roll uh, a D8, a D8, and a, or a D8, a D6, and a D12. And he deals six damage to it as it's, uh, it's not having a fun time. All right. And, uh, actually, you know what? It's, uh... It is going to use its reaction to try... It is going to use its reaction ability, uh, adjust formatting, to try and defend against that. So, he rolls canvas of flesh. Uh, boost. Uh, just to buy a canvas of flesh. Alright, um, it rolled a 10. So it manages to... Uh, wait, 10 minus plus 1. Yeah, so 11 in total. And... That is going to give it a plus three boost. And uh, yeah, whatever necromantic energy that Vinny's been using before to deal with things, uh, this thing doesn't really seem to be bothered by it all that much. Or at least it didn't seem to be bothered by it in this particular instance. And that is the start of a new round. Uh, Vinny is going to pass to... Uh, I'm going to say Brian. And he basically is, like, desperately trying to keep this thing from stabbing into a moor, and he just yells, Somebody do something, please! Okay, so, uh, with that, I guess I'm gonna help my buddy out, so, um, let's see. We are still very much in the green zone, yep. so, yeah, I guess I'm just gonna keep using, uh, Arms of Enoch against this thing to try and rip it off of Vinny. So, for this, uh, yeah... It's gonna be, yeah, a quick roll from me, and I'll see how I do for... Okay, so my mid-die is a five. Uh, but with the minus one hinder that I have, that is gonna be a four total. Okay. Uh, and this is, uh, like, a telekinesis attack again, correct? Correct. Okay. Um... So, yeah, I'm, ju I'm just trying to pull this thing off of Vinny. Okay, so you 
grab onto it with these, uh, like, are you actually summoning, like, extra-dimensional arms to do this, or is it more like yeah. mental magic? Um, the arms of Enoch conjures up, uh, essentially floating limbs made out of magic that do all my telekinesis for me and stuff, so they are just latching onto this thing, just grabbing on wherever they can get a handhold, and just are pulling as hard as they can, not worrying if they happen to, you know, break a few bones in their super strong grip as a result of this. Okay. Um, so... So you start pulling away at this thing like it's effectively pulled pork. Yeah. And as you do, um, one, it doesn't really seem to care. And then the second thing you notice is that as you, like, let go of these chunks to try and, like, get another grip onto it, the next time that you try and grab onto it, a bony spike shoots into the arm. Oh. And suddenly this almost like magical current starts uh, like arcing through it and like the arm like unbeknownst to your control just lets go like if it suddenly grabbed like some sort of ethereal like hot object huh so it used its reaction ability to defend against that it still takes one damage uh-huh but now it no no that's 69 but that would be nice uh that's 59. Uh, but it's still, uh, and now it defends itself for three, as it seems to be, you think it's learning, like, how to deal with this? Oh boy, so it, okay, so it's smarter than we give it credit for, okay. It's yeah, it's it, adapting. It, yeah, it's adapting. So, um, yeah, I'm right. gonna have, so yeah, as I'm looking at this, I just think silently how I'm gonna have to try some new, uh, alternative tactics if we want to take this thing down. Uh-huh, alright, so, uh, so who are you passing to? All right, as for myself, uh, who is available still in this round? Uh, Quintess, First Responder, Vindictive, uh, The Bone Thief, and The Environment. Okay, so literally almost everybody. Yep, so, start of a new round. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to pass to Vindictive in this case. Okay. Um, uh, so you've given Vinny a bit more breathing room. It's managed to like let go of him. Mm -hmm. uh, so he just kind of stumbles back, and uh, he is going to attempt to use hamstring. He figures maybe he can keep this thing from doing other shit. Uh, so that's a hinder with body snatching, and use a max die. A D8. Uh, D12 and a D6. Oof, that is not a great roll. Uh, so that's a minus two to the thief. As Hinny, as Vinny basically like reaches down and with a like reaches down and kind of gives himself a Charlie horse, and the creature like sort of twitches a little bit in response. It's too many legs. Yeah. Ooh. Does he Charlie horse all the legs or just one? It's hard to tell. It's like he's still covered. This thing's still mostly covered up by that uh, large cloak, though there are definitely holes where the arms have popped out now. Mm, okay. Okay, uh, and that's Vinny's turn. Uh, Vinny's gonna pass to first responder. Okay. Um, sorry, have you been updating the theme tracker? Are we still? Uh, we, um, yeah, we should be at yellow, right? Because it's been well. The environment has yet to go, but we've gone two rounds. Yeah, so. Yeah, we should. Shouldn't we be in the yellow at this yes, point? Yes, you should be in yellow. Okay, just double checking. All right, so that opens up some options. Um, uh, just a heads up. Now I can. Uh, make one of you guys re-roll your dice pool turn. Hmm. Ooh, neat. Alright, um, I am going to... Uh, um, 
I, I'm going to use out of my way uh, to uh, to just throw a couple dozen haymakers at this thing. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's going to be close combat and speed and status die. Um, and that's going to be 10 damage. Oh, boy. All right, so you're hitting a lot of bone. Uh, so it's a bit harder than... So it's hardier, but you've punched tough supervillains before. You know how this goes. And sure enough, between, like, figuring out where one of its many joints are and throwing the haymakers, you start really doing some some appreciable damage to this thing. Uh, so that is... Yeah, so... Yeah, so uh, you managed to do some pretty appreciable damage, and it seems like you've managed to, um, like, catch it off guard. So it manages to dodge the first attack because it tries to do that ribcage thing, but then you sort of circle around it and give it the give it the business, and that kind of catches it a bit off guard. And who are you passing to? Um, sorry, who hasn't gone so far? Uh, Quintess, the Bone Thief, and the Environment. I will pass to the Bone Thief then, so that okay. he doesn't double whammy us again. Smart, yeah. Okay, so what is the Bone Thief gonna do? I think the Bone Thief has had enough of Brian's shit. Oh no. Uh, okay, so. It is going to use um, new revision, or yeah, new revision. So it's going to attack using um, alter binding. So you suddenly see Brian that like one of the arms that's kind of hanging out right now, kind of like you you hear sounds almost like bone is being slotted into flesh, and it just starts getting like thicker and thicker and thicker, and then it swings it and this wide arc towards you. Okay. Okay, so it boosts itself for... Uh, I'm going to say that it's going to use its plus one boost with the, the hinder on its... Um, does that actually push it over to another plus three? I believe it does. Yes. So it's going to use its plus one to effectively boost itself for eight to give it plus three back. Oh, boy. Uh, it's going to use up that hinder. Um, it is going to hit you, Brian, for five damage. Ooh. As this... Like, you try and stop it, but your arms are just not fast enough, and you get clonked. Okay, so... Oh! And, and uh, yeah. it defends itself for two. Alright then. And um, the Bone Thief is going to pass to the environment. So, um, one of those two people, one of those couple people that are hanging around filming this, uh, one of them decides to get in a little closer for a better view. Jesus Christ, no. And... Um, in true horror movie fashion, the Bone Thief has one of the arms reach out and grab them by the head. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you have an overcome challenge now, uh, which is save the civilian. God. Fun. As the guy's like, oh, God, this was a bad idea. Why did I do this? Uh-huh. Uh, I did it for the gram. <laughs> I'm going to be killed by the gram. The fortune teller was right. All right. Uh, and Remember me as I was. Bootylicious 420! <laughs> oh god. Uh Quintess, it is gonna the environment's gonna pass to you. Okay. Uh now that we're in Oh, and the environment tracker ticks up. I gotta remember that. Yeah, now that we are in yellow, I'm going to use weight of entropy on it. Um and uh realizing that stabbing the thing might not be a good idea, Quintess is going to run towards it and put her hands together and make her arms into a hammer. 
Oh, okay. Um, and, uh... She doesn't know the name's the Bone Thief, but out of character, I probably a, a Bone Thief probably won't respond well to bludgeoning damage. Yeah, that's that's fair. You 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 remember playing Dungeons and Dragons or its equivalent in this universe in uh, uh, yeah. break rooms? You know, bludgeoning's yeah. good against skeletons. This thing's basically a skeleton. Oh my god, I completely forgot. Sorry, I just forgot that there was some stuff that he could do that I've not been keeping track of. Oh no, uh, it's four damage. Okay. Oh, sorry, it's uh, cosmic, so it's plus two, so it's six damage. Six damage, okay. If he has, yeah, so. Uh, he has yeah. not, it has not used its reaction yet, so it is going to try and defend against that, realizing pretty quickly that, oh no, bludgeoning is bad. Uh, it is going to try and defend against that. So it rolls a d10. Ooh. All right, so you man so it manages to, like, retract back that giant, thick arm that it bludgeoned Brian with and bring it up almost like just enough that it doesn't quite, the hammer doesn't quite hit with the same resounding force that uh, you thought it would, but you do hear some crunch and uh, that's a good noise. Ooh. So that's, uh, and six damage altogether? All right. So you hear it's some crunching and uh, uh, now you manage to get a good look at this thing's face with its many, many teeth and too many eye sockets. Uh -huh. And you swear for a second it got mad. Ooh boy. Uh oh. And I boost my and it gets. Oh. No, I will save the boost for that. Uh, and it boosts itself by a plus one. All right. Uh, so that is Quintess. Uh, so start of a new round, Quintess. Who do you pass to? Um, who? Uh, who wants to go? So just a reminder, everybody. Um, uh, oh, I also hindered myself by one, and I hinder it. I, sorry, I, this is the first time I use this deck. It isn't just, uh, so it's max die, so six, and then it gets hindered by one, and then I hinder myself by one. Okay. <clears throat> That's just a regular ass hinder? Uh, yep. Straight okay. One. But it does stack with the persistent one I put on it. Um, ah, yes. Uh, I will pass to first responder. Uh, yeah. So first responder. I, I, I'm, I, I, Quintess knows to stay in her lane. She's not going to try to save anybody because she doesn't want to touch anybody with her stuff. Yeah. All right. I am going to use speed and my quality of medic with a mouth um, to uh, try and save the civilian. Okay. Uh, okay. That's going to be a six. Six. All right. So, uh, so how exactly? So you're doing this using your uh, your super speed, right? So how are you getting them out of the bone thief's uh, grasp? Um, I I think it's um probably just um moving uh really uh quickly and uh like probably doing that the the zappy thing on its uh like on the top of its hand to get it to open its fingers up and then uh, just grabbing the guy and getting him away at high speeds. All right, so you, so I, I'm basically going to fluff this as, like, you, you basically vault over the arm, jab the top of the hand so that it, uh, like, you know, releases the, the person, and you sort of, like, in one fluid motion, grab them and put them into, like, a fireman's carry. And for a second, it looks like you've managed to, and uh, give me a second here, I just need to consult the twist... Uh, what was your... Your mid-die was a six, right? 
Um, my mid die was a seven. Seven. Okay. Um, so you all like, and it looks like you're pretty much going to get away with it. And then the hand snaps so that it's like facing towards you, despite the fact that you clearly hear something break and reaches behind you, snapping like a bunch of elbow joints in the way and takes a slash at you, uh, dealing seven damage. Okay. Um, all right. So I am just hovering above my, uh, my yellow zone. Okay. And, uh, who are you passing to? Um, has Brian gone yet this round? Sorry, I'm not tracking. Uh, no, he has not. All right, I will pass to Brian then. Okay. Right. Thank you, John. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.